tell you the ambush that the enemy has set against you is destroyed <laughs> my lord my lord he says some people stalk in darkness thinking they will shoot arrow to the sons of light and the lord shall answer them in a great thunder he shatters the bones of the enemy. He destroys the arrow of the wicked one. He sends his 
his word and he healed his people. Everyone whose heads have been tossed by the devil, you are restored in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. If there be any part of any man's organ who listens to my voice, is the same Christ yesterday, today, and forever. If your organ has been afflicted, your liver, your kidney, your rectum, your soul, your corpus gland, I command by the power of He that raised the dead, you are restored in the name of Jesus. I command every migraine to disappear in the name of Jesus. The body of man is the temple of God. It is not a place to be abused by Satan. Jesus, Paul, principalities, he spoiled powers, he made a publisher of them. He restored back health to those who are healed. I decree by the power of God, who created the heavens and the earth, new kidney receive it, new liver receive it, new hearts receive it, new lungs receive it. Every part of your organ that have worn out, I command restoration in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Some of you whose strength have been sapped off from you, your own strength that God gave you, robbed by the enemy, you are restored in the name of Jesus. Your prayer habit is restored in the name of Jesus. Your love for God is restored in the name of Jesus. I command your face to be turned back from where you have been diverted. I command your faith to center on the Lord Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Lord, we bless your holy name. Thank you for what you are doing on this holy mountain. In Jesus' anointed name we are prayed. Somebody say amen. Somebody say amen. Put your hands together for the King of Heaven. Take your seats in the heavenly places. It's in my... I am so happy to be in your midst. <laughs> and I am so happy for what God is unraveling in our midst, this convention. It is the convention, not a convention. Let me say this to you. When it was time for God to fulfill His covenant, there were only 120 in the upper room. But the people who have followed Jesus before that time were in thousands. Because he fed 5,000 men without counting women and children, which means there are more than 15,000 in that feeding. He fed 7,000 without counting women and children, which means that there are probably more than 21,000. All right? But on the day that God will visit, they were 120. Where did others go? <laughs> You get what I'm saying? Because God does not work by numbers. He works by covenant. Now, for the past few days, we have been experiencing some diverse manifestations in this place. Really, we have, we have been operating as the Spirit diverts. And we never knew what the Holy Spirit would do before I come to the pulpit. My head is full of Christ. So when I come to speak to God's children, I don't know what to tell them. But when I step in, the Holy Spirit tells me what to tell you. And it is in line with what God will do for the night. And then one day he said, I should anoint everybody. And when God said everybody, after laying hands on everybody, I lay hands on myself too. Yes. (laughs) Because when he said anoint everybody, it means everybody. Tonight... Let me say yesterday, two days ago, yesterday and before yesterday, in the evenings, what I see God trying to do, or doing among you was, He was trying to convince you to believe Him. That was what He was trying to do. God wanted those who serve Him to truly believe Him. And so He spoke to you from the book of Jeremiah, 29 verse 11. And He says, I know my plans towards you, says the Lord. And yet some of you believe that some people know it, and some demons know it. And God is saying to you, it's not possible. Because what God knows, no Satan can access it. And I showed you from the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 2, which tells you that no one knows the mind of Christ. 
except the Spirit of Christ in him. No one knows the mind of God except the Spirit of God in him. And God helps you to understand that there are some myths that you have been sold, that have been sold to you, which has become a hindrance for God to manifest his plan in life of many Christians. Because we came from mythical background. And when we accepted Jesus Christ, instead of us to, to debug our brains from all those myths, we carry those myths into Christianity. And because of that, great people are suffering. And they are not able to manifest because the, the covenant of God depends on the one who God spoke to. So God said to you that, look, look at the pages of the Bible. I know my plans towards you. So if God said, I know my plans towards you. Then he helped you to understand that that plan, nobody knows the thought of a man except the spirit of the man. Nobody knows the thought of God except the spirit of God. And the King James Version says in that verse, I know my thought towards you. So the plans of God for you is the thoughts of God towards you. How dare a Christian believe that a witch or warlock or Satan or demons can access it? I can't understand it. And God is saying, stop, stop those stuff. Just believe what the Bible says. Then he said, second thing, is the plan not to harm you. I love how NIV puts it. He said, it is a plan not to harm you, but to prosper you. Alright? So it means that anything that seeks to harm a Christian can never come from God. You cannot receive a harm and say it is by God. Impossible. Now, because you are in the time of salvation, the time of grace, that cannot be. The time of Job is different from the time of grace. Job was born in the time pre the law. And I took you through the various dispensations and the distinction between the dispensation. If you don't know the dispensation you belong, alright? Some people are in the new dispensation, they are living under the old. And the Bible says, anybody who lives under the law shall be cursed. For his reading curse is everyone who does not continue to do. If you, tr- if you try to attain justification by law, Galatians says that you come under curse. Alright? So we found that what God was saying very clearly is this. I have good plans for you. Everybody. <laughs> and God helped us and drove in the peg yesterday by saying to us, the only one that can hinder me is you. Not man, not devil. There's no such a thing that some demons didn't make me succeed. Not for those who are born again. Impossible. I think during the week, God also helped us understand something in the Bible, which I believe is only lawyers who can understand it deeply. In the Colossians 1, 13, which it says, God rescued us from dominion of darkness and translated us to his kingdom. And I help you to understand the word dominion from the legal concept of dominion, which means jurisdiction. And we saw that a sub-jurisdiction can take decision, but it, it can, you can, the, the, the kingdom can override their decision. That's the reason why a Christian can override whatever the devil has decided. Because you are in the kingdom, he is in dominion. Satan can take decision like uh, uh, Scotland voted to leave, leave, uh, uh, to remain in EU. Ireland voted to remain in EU. But from parliament in London, they said we are leaving. So the vote of Ireland, the vote of Scotland became non grata. Everybody has to bear for their life. Because the kingdom is superior to dominion. Okay? Another thing I help you to understand is this. There is no decision in dominion that can be enforceable on the kingdom. Glasgow may take decision, not Ireland may take decision, they can't enforce it on the United Kingdom. It's impossible. So, whatever Satan decides or people in darkness decide for sons of light, it is non grata. It just has no effect. It's non-effective. Why is God saying all this? Because God God wants to take you to another place tonight. (laughs) Hallelujah, somebody. (laughs) Someone said to me that, Apostle Williams, why do you believe all these things? You are different from many people. Yes, I must be different because I I do not believe a lie. I was brought up from a family that served devil proper. So we don't serve devil in our dream. We serve him face to face. Or shock, but you make one way with you. 
Hello? That is where I came from. I told you again and again that all of you have, your fathers have good names. Some of you, the name of your father is Blessing. <laughs> and some people, some of your name of your father is Thomas. My own father is Wizard has come home. You think that they serve Jesus and they name their son Wizard? So I cannot leave the devil to serve God and be following shadow. It's not possible. It's not possible. So people like us, you cannot deceive us. Black is black, white is white. And what I teach you, I do. To show you that it is as it is written. I do not teach you things that I do not do. Which means what the Bible says, which I'm teaching you, is the truth. (laughs) Tonight, somebody will be empowered by God. The Lord said to me to tell you, it was for freedom that Christ set you free. Write it down. Galatians 5.1 We are still treating the superiority of a saint of God over all spirits. The superiority of a Christian over all spirits. It says it was for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourself be burdened again by the yoke of slavery. Let me explain that scripture to you. That scripture suggests to me from the last phrase that before we were born again, we were subject to yoke of slavery. Is that not so? Because it says, do not let yourself be burdened again, which means it has happened before. So he's saying that there are people who have been born again, but yet they are still living in bondage by their choice. And that just suggests to me also what determines whether you are living in your liberty or you are living in bondage is where you are standing. It's your standing. Stand firm, therefore. If you are standing on intellect of men, I'm so sorry for you. God can help you. If you are standing on the ideologies of men, it failed in the Garden of Eden. But then, believers in Christ Jesus therefore must stand on the Word, not on ideologies. Why God allow you to read and have intellectual knowledge? God does not expect you to think you are wiser than Him. Mm-hmm. So therefore, every knowledge that you acquire must be subject to the word. That is the origin and the ultimate and the measure and standard of knowledge. Is the, let me say it is the datum point of knowledge. Therefore, I love that scripture. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. So having been set free, therefore, take your stand on the solid rock. Not on the ways of doctrines of men. Alright? Stand firm therefore and do not be subject. Don't let anybody take you captive with hollow deceptive words. You saw that in Colossians 2. To the yoke of slavery. The second thing is this. You are free indeed since you were born again. The book of John 8, 36 says, So, if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. But if apostle or pastor or prophet or teacher or evangelist sets you free, you will still need freedom. Because you will not be free indeed. But if the Son of God, my Master, <laughs> the very God himself, God in God, <laughs> came in the flesh. If he set his hand of freedom to you, woe to he that will say you are not free. He cannot stretch his staff of freedom to a man. And that man remains bound. Really, Christ cannot appear in a place 
and somebody in that atmosphere is bound. It's impossible because when he shows up, all bondages automatically break loose by his presence. He needs no speak. He only needs to show up. No matter how ridiculous a situation is, if it takes Jesus to reveal himself in that situation, it will become a history as if it never took place. Talk less. He says to you, if I set you free, come on now, you must be, you are bound to be, and you are automatically be. Free indeed. He didn't say you'll be free. He said free, and he qualified it with indeed, which means absolute. It's not subject to your feeling. Yes? Yes, I cannot hear amen. Amen. No wonder. He now said, if the son said to you, why should you be condemned? You are free from condemnation. Free from sin. Free from Satan. Free from condemnation. Romans chapter 8 verse 1. It says, therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus, because through Christ Jesus, the law of the Spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. You know, now, whenever you talk about law, my head rises. I love to just talk about that. But today, I want to drive you into some other thing. But need to understand this. The Bible in that verse explains there are two laws that governs creation. One law is called the law of spirit. It brings life. The second law is the law of sin. And it brings death. You can marry this to the dispensation. The dispensation pre-Moses was the period of conscience. I read to you in the book of Galatians 3 that there was no law. And Romans chapter 6, there was no law in the time of Moses. Romans chapter 6, 5 and 6 says, but yet there was sin. Alright? There was no law, yet there was sin. And because of sin, people died. Yes? And then, when we looked at this yesterday, Romans 5 and 6, it says, but when the law was brought... God brought the law to reveal sin, so that sin can be known and be understood. The law, therefore, Paul said, is the mirror of your life. That when you look at the law, you can see yourself. But when you look at the mirror and you see yourself dirty, you can never wash your debt with that mirror. You need another medium to wash you. That is the reason why the law, though it's a mirror, it cannot attain righteousness. Because it is given to only reveal who you are, sin. That is the reason why the only medium to righteousness is faith in the Lord Jesus. Because when you look at the mirror and you see yourself dirty, you have to go to a pool of water to wash your dead. When you look at the law and you see sin, you have to go to Jesus Christ to be cleansed of all unrighteousness. That is the law. But that is the law of sin and death. So... Before the law was revealed, death reigned. And when the law was revealed, sin was revealed. However, my Bible therefore says that it is the law of spirit that gives life. And the law of spirit can come from no one but the spirit of God. And Jesus said in the book of John 14, when I go, my, I will send you the Spirit. Listen to me, therefore. And then the book of Romans says, for those of you who have accepted Jesus, the law of the Spirit has set you free from the law of sin and death. Now, therefore, all curses are under the law of sin. Which means, anyone born again, it is impossible for them, by any calculation, to come under curse. Because curse 
came from the law of sin and death. They do not live any longer under the jurisdiction where the law of sin ensued. They now live in a new kingdom where the law of spirits only prevails. And it gives life. Do you know something? The Bible is so perfect. It did not stop in that. It gave us some more argument. Look at verse 3. It says, For what the law was powerless to do, that the law of sin and death, in that it was weakened by the sinful nature, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful man to be a sin offering, and so he condemns sin in sinful man in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us who what? who do not live according to the sinful nature but according to the spiritual nature. Somebody say amen. amen. Therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. If Satan reminds you of your past, remind him of hell, his future. And that memory will vanish. No demon wants to be reminded they are going to hell. The moment you remind them, they start feeling the torture. Whenever you see condemnation coming to you, know that there is a demon of hell around you trying to lie to your mind. You say to him, for therefore there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. For in Christ Jesus, the law of spirit of life set me free from the law of sin and death. What the law was powerless to do, in that it was weakened by the flesh. Jesus did it on the cross. No condemnation for me. Hello? Number four. Why am I saying this to you? I want to take you into some deeper stuff. This is just to help you to prepare your heart. That the next thing I'm going to be telling you, it is just the truth. If you are free indeed, if you are not condemned, and you are free from condemnation, therefore, you are God's righteousness. Because your righteousness did not come by the law. It came because someone died. (laughs) You and Jesus, you are the same. I can't hear you, man. You see, this book of um, Romans didn't finish there. Let's look further. As the argument of Romans from chapter 20. Eight. Why is he telling you all what he's saying? No, from verse 28, I mean. Chapter 8, verse 28. It says, Shall we read together? And we know that God God the Stop. So, whatever happens to you, your God is working behind it. That is why you cannot grumble when things don't go your own way. It's going in the way of your God. You may not like it. You may not like it. If you don't get into trouble, how will you know how God can rescue? No, if you don't fall sick, how will you understand that it is true that Jesus heals? If you don't have trial, how will you recognize his promise to give you triumph? If you don't fail, how will you recognize that he can validate your success and bypass your failure and still bring you to the place he has promised? If you don't make mistakes, how will you learn perfection? Why do you cry for tribulation? Why don't you sing praises in the midst of tribulation? If you have a knowledge that nothing happens to you without his knowledge, and either you make mistakes, or you didn't make mistakes, or you are doing the right, God is working behind it. 
when you make mistakes, he works out your mistake to learn experience and still bring you to where he had promised. He loved you more than your mistake. If God is not so, many of us cannot pray the gospel. Knowing where we came from. He does not keep record of your wrong, but of your righteousness. One day the Lord took me to heaven. Of course, the way I went to heaven that time is not a good thing to talk about. Because I wanted to die. I'm fed up of errors. I looked at the church of God globally and many people hailed those who are lying to them. You find crowd in place of lies and deception. So I prayed and said, God, I want to go. And I prayed for three months consecutively. But I want to die. You know, you may be afraid of death because you have not truly seen life. When you see life, you will hate, you will hate to remain in this world. I'm talking about life beyond. So, one of those days, somebody just came in church, and I, when I said it again, I was, you know that, look, I'm, I'm waiting for the Lord to take me. She came and grabbed my leg and said, please don't, don't go. And she was crying. She said, I know God will grant what you ask him. He said, because of us, don't go yet. Say, if you continue to say this, God will take you. Please, please. It pains her heart that I was saying, I want to go. If my wife had not woken up to the consciousness that I was serious, but I've made up my mind completely that I want to go. And so, on that night, I got home and I said to God, and the, the, the mind, a thought came to my mind, which is by the Holy Spirit, which said to me that, have you really finished your work that you want to go? So I said, okay, I knelt down normally, you know, praying before I sleep. And I said, Lord, why don't you show me my work? All right? And that night, an angel appeared to me and took me to heaven. You know why I'm saying this to you? When I got to heaven, the cherub said to me, it, another, when the angel took me to the place, it took me to heaven. The throne of the Father was just ahead of me like that. I've been to that throne, closer to the throne, four times. But this time, I was several miles away from the throne, and that, that cherub flew out of the throne like a beam of light. But when the cherub got closer to me, I saw his true form. It was like a baby that is chubby with six wings. And when that cherub was flying, I said, what a baby angel. And the voice of the father spoke from the throne. Someone says, how did you know it's the father? Because I've heard him several times. I've heard him again and again. Or a number of times. If you hear my voice on television without seeing me, you say, that's Apostle Williams. So is God too. And he says, don't you call this angel a small angel? This angel has the power to take America out of the face of the map. However, when the angel landed before me, we were at the same height. And the angel was looking at me so confidently. You know, from looking at me, I can understand what he's thinking. Without he opening his mouth. And he can understand what I was thinking, even when I did not open my mouth. And that puzzled me. Because the angel reacted to my thoughts. And he reacted in his thoughts. But the reaction, what he's saying in his mind, is so loud to my hearing. But he didn't open his mouth. But the angel now showed me my book, the book of my life. He said yesterday night, you asked from the Father that you want him to show you your work on earth. He says, I have now come to show you. So you know this is not a dream. Because I prayed in the world, earth. And now I have slept. And an angel is telling me what I ask before I slept. And telling me now that now he has come to show me. But you see why I'm telling you this is just for one thing. When the angel opened the book of my life, from beginning page one to the last day that I prayed, I saw, I did not see one record of my mistake. And I wonder why somebody should be looking for my mistake. I didn't see it there. I didn't see a record of any wrong I have done. Does it mean I didn't do wrong? I did. But God does not keep record of wrongs of his saints because of the blood of the Lamb. He doesn't keep it. Your mistake that you do on earth is not written in the book. 
What is written in the book is your victory. Your failure is not written in the book. It is your success the book records. Your inability, disability is not in the book. The word of God is true to letter. Why should you then be condemned for your past? God didn't remember it. It's only Satan who has the record. Let me help you understand something. The Bible says, we know that in all things God is working. He works our weakness to train us strength. He works in our, mis- you know, our mistakes to bring us to perfection. So therefore, you must know this, that God is working on your behalf. You must not allow anyone to tell you anything different. So that Satan will not make you guilty of what God has forgiven. Now, listen to me. You will come back to these scriptures. What I'm talking about is you and Jesus, you are the same. Don't forget. Go to Ephesians 1 verse 11. Let's see what that says. Very quickly. You will know the truth. And it is to set you free. Shall we read this together? Stop, please. This is not Christ with tabernacle. You are reading the word of God like that? Read the word of God with life. Uh-huh. How many things will God work for your own good? How many things will God work for your own good? The trouble you are going through right now, God will work it for your good, somebody. Have this in your mind. Whenever there is problem and you cannot explain what is happening now, hands up, knowing that he's working behind it. Just sing away from that. And watch what he will do. Watch what he will do. What you do not understand, why do you seek solution for it? You can never get solution because you don't understand it. All right? So why don't you sing praises for what you don't understand? Because you have a God who saw it before it happened and who had determined the end of the matter before the beginning came. And he said, I know my plans I have towards you is to, make, to prosper you. It will end up well for you. Amen. Go back to my Romans. Let me finish the Romans. I say you and Jesus, you are the same. God sees you as he sees his son, Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Romans, the next verse tells us 29. Let's read it together. For those God foreknew, he also predestined to be conformed to the likeness of his son, so that he might what? Be the firstborn among many what? Brothers. So if you are brothers of Jesus Christ, the gene that formed Jesus is the same gene that formed you. Somebody say amen. I love it. <laughs> so if the devil cannot overcome your brother, how can he overcome you? Joke. In my tribe, some people be a joke. That is their name. Okay? Hallelujah. <laughs> I love jokers. Because when I see them, I say, devil joke. A joke. A joke, joke. This scripture tells me. Let me read it to a brief verse. That 29 says, Jesus is first among many brothers. I am one of them. So is you. Isn't it? Uh-huh. Look at the next verse. He continues to tell us some more mystery. He says, And those he predestined, that is you, he also was. How many of you are called here? Raise your hand to me. There is a calling upon your life. Because your brother, Jesus Christ, is called. Then, 
And those he called, he also what? Look, that is past tense. You have been called already. And you have been justified already. So if you, if you have a card that is written justification, can you have condemnation in the card? Impossible. Impossible. Your name tag says justification. Now they now say all condemnation come out. And you have the tag justification. And you come out. When you get that, they say, no, we are not talking about you. They will say that we are talking about condemnation. Okay, you go this way. Hallelujah, somebody. Listen what he says here. And those justified, he also what? Say it again. I can't hear you. Say to somebody, I'm glorified. Say, I am glorified. Say, I am glorified. No wonder you command in the name of Jesus and he does it. No wonder what you bind on earth, in heaven. And the prime minister and president of nations do not have that authority. Their authority is limited to this world. They cannot tell a sick, be healed and he's healed. Your own authority transcends the physical. Because you have been what glorified. The same glory upon Jesus is upon you. As he did to the senior brother, he did to the junior brothers. Look at the next verse, I love it. What then shall we say to this, my God? <laughs> How can we respond to this, says the Lord? If God be what? Come on now. Say it again. Yes. Say it again. Yes. You didn't understand me. Some of you are still afraid of the boss who is planning to exterminate you. Who gave him breath to breathe? That's why I told Nigeria yesterday, when the prophetic spirit of God came upon me and gave instruction to what Nigerians should be doing now, a man now has been appointed. Either you hate him or you like him. Pray for him. Command into his spirit what he must do. And he will do it. Listen to me. If God be for you, the Bible says, I want to see the person who can be against you. God is flexing his muscle and he's saying, Look, I am for her. Okay. Whoever there or whoever is daring, let him come against her. Because God is for her. It doesn't matter those who are not for you. Excuse me, somebody. Everything that begins in this world has expiry dates. Are we hearing me? The word that I speak to you, as he mixed with faith in you, he will put to an end every activity of Satan in your life. Because the word has to prove itself. God be for a man, nothing can be against. God be for a man, nothing can be against. So, anything my word find in you that is against God, I say they are taken away. Because the word of God must ensue. But for you, don't be afraid. When I see challenges, my head will swell. <laughs> I don't have to have the knowledge to combat the challenge because I know that the origin of knowledge is inside me and it is behind me. What you did not learn or learn in school, Holy Ghost can tell you. Hello? You didn't hear what I said. You want to do interview, you are going to read all manners of books. It's not interview day, you are reading books. There is a God in you who has gone ahead of you. If you can only rely on him, you will sleep well. Because you panic, that's why you failed. Are we together now? If you have this in your heart, that the God of Israel whom you serve, he is the one who created the opportunity for the interview, and he will go with you tomorrow, you will sleep fine like a baby, and tell him, I'm going in your name. You will get there, you will be shocked. If God be for you, who can be against you? You know why God is saying this? 
Now, the next verse settles you. Why God is saying all this? Why did he say the next verse? Shall we read it together? Excuse me. You know why God is saying this now? God says that to anybody who is born again, the, the most thing that I have is my son, and I give him. And so God is saying that if I can give my son for you, can you answer me? What good thing will I withdraw from you? And he said, don't you understand? Every good thing that God has is along with the son. Any house the son of God enters, all goodness of God enters that place. Any life the son of God enters, all goodness of God enters that place. Listen to me. And God is saying to you that, if I can give you my own son, how dare you? Can't you understand that along with him is every good thing you need? That is why he said, if God be for you, can you explain to me what can be against you? Let the nation make a decision to terminate you. At the last minute, something that had never happened in that nation will happen because of one man. Have you forgotten Haman? It's not a story. Have you forgotten Daniel? It is not a story, it is life sin. And you need to read the lives of the apostles. One of them was thrown into boiling oil. He didn't fry. He didn't fry. They tried to kill him everywhere. They couldn't kill him, so they sent him to the island. At this one, we can't kill him. You cannot saw him, he won't saw. You can't fry him, he won't fry. Others, before they reach frying pan, they have become ashes. Even I'm sure that those who try to fry him, I'm sure that the, the heat of the fry will have burnt their hands. Because I remember that the three gentle boys of God, who said they would not bow down to, to the devil, when they said they should go and throw them in fire, the accusers who were, uh, it's okay, you have accused, okay, go and pass the judgment. All of them who went, the heat of the fire slew all of them. And then when they threw the children of God, they bind them hands and feet in fire. Fire was so sensible, he broke the bondage. Okay? And he refined the people. They didn't understand that he makes his messengers flames of fire. How can you throw fire into fire and fire consume fire? It's impossible. And then, that was the time they recognized, if God be for you. Because all the time they were carrying them in bondage, God didn't talk. He allowed those who were carrying them to fire to bind them well. And when they got to fire... He made sure that the flame of fire should separate fire from ordinary man. So he killed those who took them. And when they now got into fire and they are free, he too, he joined the freedom. And when the king came, he is the one who told the king to go. When the king got there, he said, are not three men that are... He says, this one I've seen... He cannot be anything but the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. He showed up in the fire. If he did it in the Old Testament, now he said, And lo, I am with you always. Whether you are sleeping or awake, Jesus is there. There is a song in my dialect that says, Permit me to sing it. You know, I'm a Welshman. He says, Nibolako Legbelaye Lorioketa Bikwetele Niagiju Atagbala Kose Uje Suwa Nibe Hallelujah Ayoloje Motiri Dari Jiba Nibi Kibi Timobawa 
You know, every year, mommy and I sing to you. We will sing our song tomorrow. We will sing our song tomorrow. You know our song. Kosuwa lati mako oriti igbani akafalaru haleli. Tomorrow, tomorrow we will sing. But the first one I sang to you said, this let me interpret it. Because of my children who were looking at me like, have you got it now? I am from under the rock. But my children are British. But I am Welsh and under the rock. Now, <laughs> this is what he says. So whenever I speak some tongues, I interview them. This is what he says. Where can we not live on earth? <laughs> Either on the hilltop or on the plain. Either in a little hut or in the palace. Be not afraid. Jesus is there. He says, Hallelujah. It is a feeling of great joy that I have been forgiven all my sins. Anywhere that I am, no problem. Jesus is there. That's the meaning of that song I sang to you. Does that not look like this? He who did not spare his son, but gave him to us all, how will he not along with Jesus Christ of Nazareth graciously, not just give, but avalanchely or abundantly, let me say recklessly, give you all things. Now, which means all things are yours if only you can open your mouth in the name of Jesus, it shall be. If you tell the mountain, be ye removed, if you open your eyes and it's still there, what the Bible says, tell him again, maybe he didn't hear well. If you open your mouth and it's still there, then shout on him. Okay? If he says, yeah, scream out out of your intestines, something will happen to the mountain. Because the word of the Lord cannot be broken. You must not have an attitude of giving up until the Bible is true in your life. I may command the blind to see, and he sees. You may have to say it four times. You will get there one day. Where you will say one time it shall be so. So therefore... I will bring this meeting to a close by helping you to know. If this scripture tells you that you are brothers of Jesus Christ, therefore, get this straight. As God sent Jesus, Jesus sent you. As God sent Jesus, Jesus sent you. If you look at the book of John 17, 18, it says, As you sent me into the world, I have sent them into the world. Correct? Now, let us look briefly. How did God send Jesus? Acts chapter 10 verse 38, it says how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power. And how he went around doing good and healing all who were under the powers of the devil because God was with him. Now underline this. What did God anoint Jesus with? Holy Ghost and power. Correct? How God anointed Jesus with what? Hey, 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 guys. You want me to sing for you in Bagura? How God anointed Jesus Christ with what? Holy Ghost and power. I love it. How many of you have Holy Ghost? Raise your hand to me. So if God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power, and he anointed you too with Holy Ghost and power, what else? The same way. The Bible says in that scripture, and how he went about, isn't it? Doing good. He went about doing good. Let me talk about you too, why you are created. Look at Ephesians 2.10. It says, for we are God's workmanship, created in Christ Jesus to do good works. So, had God created Jesus to do good, 
He created you and I in Christ Jesus to do good works. How God sent Jesus, He sent you. Go back to that, your Acts 10 38. And He says, He went about doing good and healing all those who are under the power of the devil. Listen to me. In the book of Mark 16, no, uh, well, Mark 16, 17. These signs will follow all who believe. In my name they will what? Cast out devils. They will speak in new tongues. They will lay hands on the sick, they shall be whole. So, if God anointed Jesus with Holy Ghost and power, and the Bible says so that you also receive power of the Holy Ghost that come upon you, and Jesus went about doing good, and Ephesians says that you too were created by God to do good work, and Jesus went about healing everyone who is under the power of the devil. And Jesus said that you also, these times will follow you. In my name you will heal those who are oppressed by the devil and you will cast out demons. So then what's the difference? As the father sent the son, he sent you to. As the father enabled the son, he enabled you to. As the father empowered the son, he empowered you to. Someone will say to me that, but apostle, what is wrong with me? Only one thing you need to go away today. And that is the reason why I've been speaking. It is called faith in the Lord. Faith in the Lord. Your level of faith comes from your level of conviction of the truth. Faith in the Lord. If you look at... In the book of John 14, 12, Jesus said, Anyone who has faith in me will do the works I have been doing. And what? Say it loud. Say it loud. Shall what? I heard somebody read some long version there. Greater works are what? Shall you do? Let me help you understand this. Greater work shall you do, the Bible says. But it says you have faith in me. If you have faith in me. And I will submit this to you. All what the Bible says about you is so for you. But your ability to operate them is determined by your measure of faith. All what I've been saying since morning is to convince you that what the Bible says about you is true. Because if you don't have conviction, you cannot pray in faith. If your head is full of theories, of philosophies, you will be misled. You will be misled. When other people are busting the devil, casting out demons and doing all those stuff, you will be there philosophizing. Somebody was brought to Jesus to heal, to be healed. And the disciples were asking Jesus, who sinned? What is your business about who sinned? What's your business about how did this problem come? The problem is there already. Isn't it? So, those guys were philosophers. They have been listening to the Greeks, maybe. And they have been going to the, uh, the, uh, uh, the synagogue. To hear how the Pharisees argue with the Sadducees about angels and about life after death and all stuff like that. So, they, they, they all became disciples. So, when they came to Jesus, they have seen many people healed. They have seen Bartimaeus. Now, they now saw this one. Said, ah, this one, his eyes is plastered together. No eyes at all. We see Bartimaeus. At least we can see the eye. But this one, we can't see anything. Ah, this one is terrible. Somebody among the family must sin. There must be a generational curse here. It's a generational curse. And they were arguing among themselves. Okay, don't, don't worry, the master is here. Let's go to him. So I went to the master and said, Master, you see this one? It's a tough one. Who sinned? Because if there is no sin, there is no punishment. How can they give back to a child? It doesn't have eyes at all. Everything is plastered over. It must be the father's sin. And Jesus looked at them. Because he brought a new thing that he did not know of. And Jesus said, after they have all exercised their intellectual knowledge, Jesus said, well, sorry, neither. The father didn't sin. 
The mother didn't sin. The grandfather and ancestors, they didn't sin. They have died. Their sins have been buried with them. But this child was made like that by God. Because today you will know the Son of God has entered the affairs of men. The reason why this problem is, is that God shall be glorified. I draw a conclusion. Any problem that faces a Christian is permitted by God because God wants to be glorified. You didn't hear what I say. I cannot believe different. From all what I've been showing you, if therefore any Christian has a problem, what do you say? God allow this so that he will be what? Glorified. If you turn it to glorification and it shall work for you somebody. Jesus cannot walk in the midst of faithlessness. When you get home today, go and read this scripture. Mark chapter 9 verse 14 to verse 32. This is what we find there. It is a story of a man who was oppressed by some demons. And they brought them to the disciples. And the Bible says the disciples began to pray. They prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed and prayed. And the Spirit was throwing the boy up and down. Like you find in the deliverance ministry. Yeah, you. And also, <laughs> demons will speak by language. He will end it with Chinese. And he will say, that's it, that's it, that's it. And the Bible says in verse 15, as soon as all the people saw Jesus, they were overwhelmed with wonder and ran to greet him. Then Jesus said in verse 16, what are you arguing with them about? Deliverance became arguments. Because the people saw Jesus command a demon, the demon left, and they expected the followers of Jesus to do the same. They have been told that they have gone out before demons to submit to them, but now they say, come and do the same. And they began to pray, and then the prayer became argument. Hello? <laughs> a faithless man will turn prayer to argument. Are we together now? Anytime you operate in faithlessness, your prayer becomes argument. When you pray and you sweat, and you pray and your voice is gone, you begin to have argument that maybe it is the will of God. Bad thing. Look at what Jesus said. So, they went to Jesus' Christ. Jesus said, what are you arguing about? A man in the crowd said, answer, Teacher, I brought my son who is possessed by a spirit that has robbed him of speech. Whenever I see this him, he throws him to the ground, he foams at the mouth, gnashes his teeth, and becomes rigid. I asked your disciples to drive out the spirit, but they could not. They were just praying. And the boy was manifesting, but they could not drive out the spirit. They were trying to exercise the spirit, exorcism. Look at what Jesus said in verse 19. O unbelieving generation. Jesus replied, how long shall I put up with you or stay with you? How long shall I put up with you? Bring the boy here. God cannot put, on, put up with faithlessness. It repels God's power. It repels God's blessing. You can never be blessed in a blessing you cannot believe. So, everything the devil does to believers is just to toss your mental to make you doubt. And the only way you can overcome doubt is by all these scriptures I'm telling you to be repeating it in your head until you become those scriptures. This is nothing to do with anointing. If it's anointing, it is the word of God that brings such anointing. And it is for everyone who believes. God cannot put up with unbelief. Jesus says, bring the boy. Listen to me. The woman, uh, the man said in verse 23, if you can, said, no, the, the man said, um, uh, verse 22, it has often thrown him into fire to kill him and also, but if you can do anything, take pity on me. The deliverance method have wearied the faith of the man. So the place where the man is now almost doubting Jesus says that, uh-uh. Will Jesus also 
be like these people. But you know what? Jesus replied the woman, for me, no problem. Verse 23, if you can, everything or all things are possible for those who believe. And this is where Jesus established the doctrine. Your prayer today will be based on that. All things are possible. It is some things. If it is thinkable, come and answer me. I cannot hear you. If it is thinkable, it is doable. Jesus said it. All things are possible with God. Not only God. But all things are possible with those who believe. And you know, Jesus cannot say anything that is wrong. That is the reason why all the devil tries to do to you is just to make sure you don't believe. He sent so many false prophets who are preaching the name of Jesus. They pull crowd because people like people who will do it for them. If you say to the people that you can do it by yourself, they will follow you. But if you tell them that I can do it for you and you raise your hand three times and roll it in the circle and say, hey, they believe. <laughs> they believe. And especially if you are close to them, when you roll your hands together and you push them, and they will say that is the power, and they will go on with nothing. They love it. But listen to me. That man said immediately, the boy's father is I do believe. Help me overcome. Stand up on your feet.